Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Manifest with Tori D. Simone. I'm your host, Tori D. Simone, and I hope you guys are having an amazing Monday so far. I'm recording this on Valentine's Day and I'm wearing pink pants. So if you guys are watching this on video and you see pink pants poking through, just mind your own because it does not go with my outfit, but you know, I wanted to wear pink pants. Like, it's Valentine's Day. Like, what else am I supposed to do? You know, sue me. Sue me, honestly. Um, but don't actually have... Uh, I hope you guys are having a great Monday so far. Um, yeah, February is flying by. But at the same time, every time that I think about what day of February it is, like today's, I think, the 19th, um, when this episode comes out, I'm always thinking to myself that it's way further ahead than it is. Like, I don't know why, but I thought it's been like February 20th, like every day of this month so far. I don't know why I'm like already counting out this month, but nonetheless, I hope you guys are having a great month so far. Oh my God. We have so much to talk about you guys. I, I have a lot of things that I want to discuss today and it all came from yesterday. I scripted this episode yesterday. I wrote this episode yesterday. I was like dreaming about this episode all day yesterday. I just didn't have the time to record it until today. So I'm excited to get back in the flow state that I was in yesterday as I was scripting this out. But today I want to talk about breaking rules. Our whole life, we have been learning to follow rules, which obviously makes a lot of sense. Um, in school, we had rules. Growing up, we had rules. I mean, like how many times did we hear the phrase, my house, my rules? I don't think it was just my parents that said that stuff. But um, I mean, that's what I heard growing up all the time. And I'm also a really big rule follower. I do not like to break the rules. I get terrified of being pulled over, like if I was going over the speed limit, which has actually never happened because I'm that afraid of like breaking the rules. Um, I don't like being accused of things that I didn't do. Like last week I was down at the shore um, getting a bunch of boxes and my boxes got left in front of my neighbor's house and I grabbed them because they were mine and that happens a lot with mine and my neighbor. Um, and this other neighbor that I've never met came outside and she accused me of stealing my, the, those packages. And it, like you can ask my boyfriend, like I was so upset about it because – I would never, I would never do something like that. And I'm just such a big rule follower. And I was like, I can't even believe I'm being accused of like stealing my own packages because they were left on my neighbor's porch when this happens all the time. Because if you don't know, like the beach houses, it, my front door looks like the neighbor's porch. Like it, it just like got me so annoyed. And I was like, I would never break the rules. Like I'm just such a big rule follower. So as I've gotten older, like obviously, yes, I follow the laws. I follow the rules. Um, but I feel like rules have gotten modified into titles and into categories. And then we kind of constrict and constrain ourselves to certain titles of our life into certain categories of our life. And that's the set of now rules that we live by because when you're adults, you can kind of do what you want with your life. So for example, like this podcast is categorized under self-help. And before that, it was under the business category. So I'm not going to come on to a self-help podcast and try to be a stand-up comedian. Like that's just not what I'm going to do. It's not what this category is. It's not what this the show is intended for. My spin studio, um, it's a spin and fitness studio and I run spin and fitness classes and they fall under that category and that's where they work. I'm not going to start to offer 
magic shows because no one would know that that's what we offer there. And also because that's just not the category of what my brick and mortar space is. Like it's for fitness and it's for yoga and it's for Pilates and it's for spin and it's for boxing and TRX and strength training. Like it's not for a magician to come and like do a magic show. Like that's not what it's for. In theory, we can offer anything that I want in my store, but like I we're not going to do that. You know what I mean? Also in my personal life, like I made the decision to not drink alcohol and that's like a rule that I have with myself and I could break that rule at any time that I want to, but I'm choosing to not. So what I'm getting at is that rules are everywhere. And before yesterday, like when I was scripting this out, I never really thought too much about rules, but that was until I read the rules chapter in Rick Rubin's book, which you guys, this book is changing my life. I keep posting it on Instagram, like excerpts of it every day because it is so good. This is also the book for the Manifest Book Club for February. If you are going to start at any time to read a book, like this is the time to start. This book is just so good. Um, I listened to it on audiobook all the way through already, but then I wanted to go get the actual physical copy because as I was listening on audiobook, I was like, I need to make so many notes to this. And as I'm reading through this, like physically reading through it, I missed so much when I listened to the audio version of this book. And I feel like I'm reading an entirely different book. So I'm like taking it all the way from the beginning and wow, is it amazing. So I'm going to read some excerpts that came from the passage of rules and breaking rules. And then we're going to really dive deep into that because, oh man, it sparked like, it sparked so much in me yesterday. Like a lot of this new, these new additions to the podcast and stuff came from this, this passage. So I'm going to read it. If you guys have the physical book, it starts, well, technically the chapter starts on page 97, but what I'm going to start reading at starts on page 98. Okay. Rules direct us to average behaviors. If we're aiming to create works that are exceptional, most rules don't apply. Average is nothing to aspire to. The goal is not to fit in. If anything, it's to amplify the differences, what doesn't fit, the special characteristics unique to see to how you see the world. The special characteristics unique to how you see the world. Sometimes I'm just like reading is hard. English is hard sometimes. Okay. Instead of sounding like others, value your own voice, develop it, cherish it. As soon as a convention is established, the most interesting work would likely be the one that doesn't follow it. The reason that art, the reason to make art is to innovate and self-express, show something new, share what's inside and communicate your singular perspective. I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. Um... It's a healthy practice to approach our work with as few with as few accepted rules, starting points, and limitations as possible. Often the standards in our chosen medium are so ubiquitous, we take them for granted. They are invisible and unquestioned. This makes it nearly impossible to think outside the standard paradigm, paradigm? the standard way of life, P-A-R-A-D-I-G-M. How do you say that word? If you just say it fast, it makes sense. Um, Okay, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit more, a little bit more. We assume that the equipment and the format are part of the art form itself, yet painting can be anything that involves the use of color on a surface for an aesthetic or 
for a communicative purpose. All other decisions are up to the artist. I'm going to skip ahead a little bit more. Genres in particular come with a distinct variation on rules. A horror film, a ballet, or a country album, they each come with specific expectations. As soon as you use a label to describe what you're working on, there is a temptation to conform to its rules. The templates of the past can be an inspiration in the beginning phases, but it's helpful to think beyond what's been done before. The world isn't waiting for more of the same. Often the most innovative ideas come from those who master the rules to such a degree that they can see past them or from those who never learned them at all. I love that. Be, I'm skipping ahead a little bit. Be aware of any assumptions based on conventional wisdom. Rules beyond sorry, rules obeyed unconsciously are far stronger than the ones set on purpose, and they are more likely to undermine the work. Skipping ahead a little bit more. Every innovation risks becoming a rule, and innovation risks becoming an end in and of itself. When we make a discovery that serves our work, it's not unusual to concrete this into a formula. On occasion, we decide that this formula is who we are as an artist, what our voice is and is not. While this may be beneficial, while this may benefit certain makers, it can be limiting to others. Sometimes a formula has a diminishing return. Other times we don't recognize that the formula is only a small aspect of what gives the work its charge. It's helpful to continually challenge your own process. Skipping ahead a little bit more. Holding every rule as breakable is a healthy way to live as an artist. It loosens our constraints that promote predictable sameness in our working methods. Skipping ahead to the very last sentence, you have nothing to lose. Okay, so I jumped around a bunch in that chapter and I also got stage fright reading. Okay, it totally brought me back to the days of school when you had to popcorn read out loud. I used to be really good at that. And then like in fifth grade, I just started getting stage fright. And then I stopped being really good at reading out loud. And I don't think I ever was able to shake that. So there is so much that I just read that I really want to dive deep into and talk about. And I just love this idea of breaking the rules, disrupting the industry, and daring to be different. In a world where everyone is trying to fit in and trying to fit into a niche, oh my God, I, I could like go on rants about niche. I hear niches all the time, especially on TikTok. Like you see people on TikTok posts, if you want to grow, this is how you grow on TikTok. If you want to grow, this is how you grow on YouTube, Instagram, whatever it is. Find a niche and only talk about the niche. Niche down, only talk about your category. Oh my God. Like honestly, I think that's the most moronic advice ever. Can't you just be like... <sighs> 
can't you just be complex? I, I, I know I talk about this a lot, but it's because I just feel so strongly about this. In a world where it feels like everyone is doing the same thing all the time and everyone is niching down and everyone is trying to fit into a category and everyone is trying to fold in, fit into a mold and everyone is trying to have a label and everyone is trying to have something to identify with. It just gets mundane and it just gets to be so unoriginal. And it's like, we're all different. That's like the baseline. None of us were born the same. We were all born for a reason. And I truly believe that. And I think we need to embrace that and learn to love our uniqueness. I mean, I think I can speak on this from a girl's perspective on TikTok specifically. I see so much influence for getting Botox and filler. And before you know it, everyone has the same lips and the same eye shape and the same eyebrow lift and the same places of getting their face filled. And before you know it, everyone's beautiful, natural, unique face all looks the same. And don't get me wrong, they all look beautiful with filler, with Botox, without filler, without Botox. But it's like, why are we all trying to fit to one standard of beauty when everyone is already beautiful and there's nothing that needs to be changed? Yeah, like I, I went in for a filler consultation um, maybe a year and a half ago, I went in for a filler consultation and I went in to see if I could get filler in my chin because I have a very small chin. And because I have a small chin, I have like a very weak neck and when I turn to the side, I, I don't like my side profile because I just like collapse into my neck. Like my face and my neck are just like one thing from the side and I don't love it. So I went in to go get a consultation. You know, they take all these pictures and then they show you these pictures and they blow up these pictures. And suddenly I'm like, well, yeah, we could put a little bit of Botox above my, my one of my eyebrows is like way lower than the other. Um, and that's because my grandma has that. It's a genetic thing. So I got it from my grandma. And I'm like, yeah, we could put Botox to like kind of fill that, you know, lift that up a little bit. And then I'm looking at my lips and I'm like, you know, I think I do have like rather full lips. Like they fit my face really well. They're, you know, natural. But when I smile, I see what you mean. Like my top lip does disappear. Like why don't we just do a little lip flip there and just like get that up. And, you know, when I smile, I do see those lines around my eyes. Like we could just make those go away. And yeah, I, I do see the hollowness under my eyes. Maybe we could just fill that a little bit. And before you know it, I'm walking out with like a consultation and a quote of like $4,000 to change my face. And I, at the time I was 23, 24 years old. Like, I don't, I don't need to be changing my face at 23. My face is going to change its whole life because that's what happens. Like you grow into your face, you grow into your features. And why do I want this perfectly proportioned face when like the face I have is perfectly enough? You know, it's, it's my face. I, I don't want to change my face. And I don't mean to like go on about filler and Botox because I like, I have like all of my friends have filler and Botox and they all look incredible. They look amazing. They look beautiful. But what I'm getting at is what's so wrong with being unique and embracing what makes you different. I think that should be celebrated. Like in a world where we see one person get success, the immediate thing to do is to copy the recipe and duplicate that. Duplicate that. 
And I think the reason that that one person originally got success was because they were different. It was because they were innovative. It was because they were inventive. It was because they were creative. Like they were the exception and that exception then becomes the new normal and that and that cycle just repeats and repeats over and over again. And I'll kind of talk to that about that in a little bit more. But I think what draws us to new things is exactly that, the nuance of it all, right? Like I can speak about this when, when we opened up Stride, which is, if you um, don't know, it's my brick and mortar business. I own Spin and Fitness Studios. And when Stride first opened in 2018, at least I can speak to our area, it was very revolutionary because there were other boutique studios around us. We're in a very saturated area with lots of fabulous boutique studios all around us. And each studio offered a few different formats. It first started with Spin and Bar, and then it expanded into Spin, Bar, and TRX. And then another studio was Spin, Box, and TRX. And that was kind of like what we were working with. And when Stride came onto the scene, I was like, okay, well, I know that I want everything that every other studio offers. So immediately off the bat, I want spin, bar, TRX, and boxing. But I also love Pilates, so I want to put Pilates in there. And I also love yoga, so I want to put yoga in there. So when we first opened, immediately it was spin, bar, box, TRX, yoga, and Pilates. Six formats under one roof was unheard of at the time, and it was so innovative and it was nuanced. And I think now in 2024, when I say this, it's like, that's not original, but at the time it was like, believe it or not, it actually was. And it got quite the buzz. Like when Stride opened, it set a new standard for our immediate area. And then all the other studios began to add more and more and more. And now we kind of just live in this new ecosystem where our boutique studios around here offer tons of formats. And I think that was because when Stride entered the scene, it was this nuanced and it was innovative and it was creative and it was never done before. And now that's set a new standard and that's now become a new normal. I'm not complaining. I'm just observing. And I think this happens all the time. The creativity, the inventiveness, the boldness of trying something new rather than just playing it safe really draws attention. Um, and if we want to play it safe, we we can and we can continue to do things that have worked time and time again. Like, for example, a pop song. Um, pop producers and artists have talked about the fact that there is a formula to get like the perfect pop hit. You need something that's catchy. You need something that's relevant. You need something that's short. Like there really is a formula to it. Tate McRae talks about this a lot. There's a formula and you can copy and paste that formula and you can find success with the songs. But success in ways that are caught up in doing what everyone else is doing will the only thing that's going to do is put you in the mainstream and you won't really stand out. It's it, it could get you money. It could get you success. It could get you fame. Sure, if that's what you're looking for, just you know, copy what everyone else is doing. Sure. But if you really want to stand out, the artists that dare to be different, that is where breaking the rules comes into play. So sometimes people that do new things become the biggest artists in the world because of it, you know? And then others follow suit and then suddenly their craft isn't so unique as it once was. But more oftentimes than not, the artists that try something new and that break the rules don't actually become the biggest artists in the world because they are the outliers. 
and their uniqueness stays unique and they never really catch on to being so giant and so mainstream. I'm really just kind of thinking of music at this in this moment. They never really make it to mainstream, but man, do they develop a cult following. Like they get diehard people that listen to their stuff and 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 that's like as an artist, I think more rewarding than success and fame. It's like to have people that genuinely love what you do and genuinely love what you put out and for you it's authentic and for you it's real and it's it's meaningful it dares to be different and I think living in the authenticity with yourself is living in alignment with yourself and in alignment with your purpose and your purpose in that moment and at that time living within your purpose and doing what you feel called to will always feel right even if that purpose changes because you're always going to be living in alignment with your purpose. And I think that above all is the most rewarding thing when you even just have like one person that's like, yeah, like I, I love what you're doing. That feels really good. When Rick Rubin talks about sharing your singular perspective, I, I I really love that. I know that personally as a consumer, I do not want regurgitated information, especially when I can get that regurgitated information like from the source. Andrew Huberman, I talk about him all the time. He's an example of someone that has taken something that was so like untouchable and brought it to mainstream in a way that is so innovative and so smart and so creative that he has really broken rules and disrupted a whole industry. Let me dive into this a little bit more. So he's taken data and published uh, journals and papers and like all this information that I would never even know is out there. I wouldn't even know where to look for it. And he's made it zero cost to consumer and he spreads the word of these published findings via his podcast. I do not want someone else to come onto the scene and do exactly what he is doing because I would just want to hear from Andrew Huberman. Like if, if Andrew Huberman is, he just put out an episode all about oral health and hygiene. I would not want someone to then next Monday come out with their rendition of that episode. And it's pretty much just like summarizing what Huberman was just saying. I'll just listen to the source. Like I will just go right to Andrew Huberman because he's passionate about what he's talking about. He's living in alignment with what he's talking about. And the reason that he's as successful as he is, is because he's authentic in it. I know this is like controversial, but I also think this is something that we can all kind of understand what I say. David Dobrik, when he first started his vlog squad vlogs, like they were innovative and they were creative and they were fast paced and they were new. Like he brought a vine feel to YouTube. And I really think he was the first one to do that. He had immense success because of it. Obviously he's like falling off now, but whatever. We all know that one guy, that one guy from the hype house, what's Alex or something that literally copies David Dobrik, or I don't know if he still does, but he used to copy David Dobrik and everyone was so annoyed with him, but he got like his clout. He got his success. He got his fame. He got his money. Like what he, he did it. Like he wanted to copy David Dobrik and he did, and he made a living doing it, but he 
like it must just be exhausting to try to be someone else all the time. It re- it really must be. So that's another example of like we don't want regurgitated information. We just want we can get it straight from the source. Like we don't need a 2.0 version of something that we can get 1.0. You you kind of get what I mean. Um so I love the idea of share your singular perspective because your perspective has voice to it. Like it matters. Like you have a voice for a reason and you can use your voice to also share your own singular perspective and to really break the rules and like to dare to be different and to dare to be expressive and to share what you're thinking. I I think that's really remarkable. Um, So Andrew Huberman dared to be different. He shared his singular perspective and he's created a movement by literally breaking the rules and doing what no one else has ever done before. The idea is not to pigeon yourself, pigeonhole yourself into one category of life. And it's also not to niche down so much that you can never grow and so that you can never change. I think another example of this is to come to mind Taylor Swift. When Taylor Swift started, she was a country artist. And then when she changed into pop, I mean, even still to this day, people will say like, she's not a country artist. Okay. She's literally not claiming to be anymore. Like she's not claiming to be like, she's fully a pop artist. She's claiming to be a pop artist. Like she can honestly do whatever she wants because she can kill it in country. She can kill it in pop. She can kill it in whatever folklore evermore era was like, she can do no wrong. Honestly, when it comes to her music, like she puts out incredible music every time. And like, you can't put her in a category because she will just break that category every time. But people, and I'm using that term very generally, because you guys listening to this, I don't think you fall in this category. People so badly want to put everyone in a box and they want to say, well, you know, she was country, but now she's not. Okay, cool. She grew, she expanded, like she changed. She grew up. Cool. Another person I think of is um, Bobby Altoff with her podcast, for example. Now, I only found out about Bobby through her podcast. So to me, she's only ever the girl that has like this weird dry humor that I personally don't, I don't get it. It's, I, I don't listen to it. I just see like the, the clips on TikTok. Doesn't seem like my kind of podcast. But that's how I found out about who she was. And then the more I listened to um, her interviews on like Barstool and stuff like that, I learned that she started on TikTok with mom content. And that jump from mom content to having an interview with Drake and Mark Cuban and Lil Yachty, like that's a pretty crazy thing to switch from. What I'm getting at is that as soon as you put a label or a category on what it is that you're doing, you niche down so much so that growth becomes resented by other people. And that is a really weird place to live. Like when people don't want you to grow and don't want you to change because people resist change. But as human beings, like we're meant to change. Like if I think the same way I think when I'm 50 years old that I thought when I was 15, so help me God, like, like even now I'm 25, that was 10 years ago. Oh my God. When I was 15, like, I don't even know. I can't even remember things that I thought when I was 15, but there's no way that I would want to go back and relive what I lived in my head at 15. Like people inevitably change, but when you niche down and you put titles and categories on yourself or on your interests or on your career, whatever it might be, 
you're kind of snubbing yourself of a life that you're destined to live. And this even ties back to Ayama, which is part of yoga. And I, I won't get too deep into this, but um, it's about, it's called non-stealing. And it's about not stealing a life that you were destined to live amongst other things. But this is a, a way that I really like to interpret this Yama. Um, not stealing your, not stealing from yourself, not stealing your journey before it's even begun. And it all starts by breaking the rules, breaking the molds, breaking the title, breaking the categories that we've inevitably put ourselves in. And we put ourselves in this box because that's, you know, what we're kind of taught to do growing up our whole life. Like in kindergarten, one of the first things is like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And my answer was, I want to be a crossing guard. Like, honest to God, I wanted to be a crossing guard. And then I wanted to be a nail tech. And then I wanted to be a hairdresser. And then I wanted to be a makeup artist. And I wanted these specific careers. And then as soon as I, you know, I was a kid and I, I remember I said that I, I wanted to be a nail artist and then I wanted to be a hairdresser. And when I said hairdresser, um, you know, my family was like, oh, I thought you wanted to be a nail artist. And it's like, okay, I'm literally six years old. Like I can change my mind. You know what I mean? Like, but what I'm getting at is when we put titles and categories on ourselves, it stunts growth and it stunts limitations. And that is a rule. Like titles and categories can be rules and rules create limitations for ourselves. So my advice, drop the labels. On TikTok, when I'm scroll, it's constantly, it's constant labels. Like, and I do this too. I do it too because it, it gets the attention of people. Like it's what we understand. So I'm not saying I don't do this because I do, but it's a constant, like a day in my life of a 25 year old living in New York city. Okay, great. But suddenly you've pigeonholed yourself as a mid 20 year old in New York city. And now that's your identity. So the second you turn 30, I'm going to be challenged of what your identity was because now I don't understand it because I'm expecting, you know, a 25 year old and now you're 30, but I remember you from 25 and now you've grown and now you're different. And I'm like, oh my God, you're not who you used to be. And I have a problem with that. God, God forbid. Um, if a person, if this person decides to move to Florida, okay, let's just say now they're not a 25-year-old in New York City. They're a 25-year-old in Florida. And my expectation and my assumption of what a 25-year-old in New York City looks so different than a 25-year-old in Florida. Do you see what I mean by that? So like this person established herself as a mid-20 girl in New York City and all of her followers followed her because that's what they wanted to see. But now she's moving and she's switching identities and she's switching titles and she's switching categories. And maybe I don't want to see what a life in Florida looks like. I don't care, but I care about what it looks like in New York City. This is what I mean. We identify with titles like mom, boss, CEO, daughter, girlfriend, student, grad student, pre-med student, artist, et cetera. And we're all guilty of it. I do this all the time. Like you can go on my Instagram bio. It says I'm a podcast host. Like that's a title right there. And then one day if I ever stop this podcast, which I don't see that happening, but one day if it ever does, then that suddenly doesn't serve me anymore. You know what I mean? So while these labels put us in categories and that brings comfort to us, we all search for a belongingness. And I think labels do that, but they also limit us. They keep us in a box. Personal example, I've always told myself that I'm a spin instructor because that's what I, like I teach spin classes. So when I started having a desire to learn more about yoga and get really deep into yoga, it was met with resistance by me. Because I would say to myself, like, well, I'm a spin instructor. Like, who am I to teach yoga? And who am I to learn something new? 
you know? Another example is when I was a makeup guru on YouTube and I was opening up a spin studio, it was met with a lot of general confusion because it was kind of like, what is a YouTube beauty guru doing opening a spin studio? Labels and titles, they confuse people. They confine us and they they put us in a box. They make us conform and they set limitations and rules and immediate expectations. If I'm on TikTok and I see a video that starts with, here's a day in my life as a mom of two under two. I already have created an expectation in my mind of what that video is going to look like. I have an expectation what the mom is going to be wearing, of what the video is going to look like. Like, I feel like it's going to be slightly chaotic. I feel like the mom is going to say that she's tired. I can picture the house in my head. I can see what the husband looks like. Like, I can see the whole video mapped out in front of me before I even watch it. But then, like, if this mom ended the video with her being like, okay, and then I put my kids to bed and now now I go to work and I go to work my second, my 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 second job um, at a strip club. Whoa, like that would totally break the mold of what I was expecting to see. And here's what I have to say about that. It shouldn't break the mold of what I'm expecting to see because labels shouldn't put us in a box. Like just because this woman that I'm watching is a mom of two kids under the age of two doesn't mean that she also can't like be a stripper on the side. Like why not? Like it's a job. Like why not? You know what I mean? Titles shouldn't conform us and shouldn't confuse us yet. They do. And you know what? Like this just goes back so deep into society and like, that's okay. That's okay. But labels come with expectations and expectations ultimately led to being let down because when those expectations that are set by you are not met by other people, you're immediately going to be let down. A quote that I heard once that I really love is, it's not my responsibility to maintain your image of me. It's not my responsibility to maintain your image of me. And I love that because how you perceive me or how you expect me to be is literally none of my business. Like if you clicked on this show today and you were expecting this to be a completely different podcast than what it was based on the title of this episode and the category that this podcast is under and the title of this podcast show in and of itself, like you might've had an expectation. It might be totally different and you might not like it based on what you're hearing, or you might really like it based on what you're hearing. And it might be surprised your perception of how this show went, how this episode went is literally none of my business. So if I don't live up to your perception of me or your expectation of how I should be or how I should act, that's a you problem, babe. That is not my problem. Rick Rubin talks about mastering the rules, which is kind of contradictory to what the whole chapter is about, but I liked it. I made a whole podcast episode called The Best Don't Get Bored of the Basics. And this ties back to the idea of actually what we talked about earlier, which is repeating the same, this is an example, repeating the same yoga flow every day for a week because you will learn that it's not at all about the poses. It's not about the workout. It's about the work in. It's about the practice of showing up every day and never returning to it the same as when you were yesterday. Mastering the basics, the rules, brings you to a level of there are actually no rules at all. 
And the freedom that comes with that, the freedom that you feel of no constraints in your life, no expectations, no limitations is so beautiful and so freeing. So if we're going to sum up this entire podcast episode to one line, it's going to be this one. Unlearn everything to relearn nothing. (gasps) Learning that there's nothing waiting on the other side of unlearning everything that you've been taught your whole life is such an expansive concept. Dropping rules, letting go of expectations, and relearning that you can be anyone that you want to be at any moment in time is like the most powerful thing in the world. And stepping into that power is, wow, that is when the game changes. So if you want to make something of your life, I encourage you to break the rules around it. If you want to create a podcast show, don't look at what the other big shows are doing because that's a dime a dozen. I can tell you what all the what all the successful shows are doing. They are and that's because they're the ones that created the new normal, right? They were the breakout shows at one point. The ones that started podcasting like when Joe Rogan started a podcast, podcasting wasn't a thing, okay? He made it a thing. He made it the new normal. The first podcast to ever go on video, I don't know what it was was being different. And now that's the new normal. Like so many, and I shouldn't say so many, but Lauren Elizabeth just quit her podcast because she was like, I didn't want to be on video. Like I just wanted to be an audio podcast, but now video podcasting is the new medium. I was on a call the other day with my, my network and they told me that YouTube is the most popular platform for podcasting. Like it's just video podcasting is the future and it's the present, I guess I should say, because it's here now. But At one point in time, it was new and it was innovative and now it's just the new normal. So if you want to have a very successful podcast, you can look at the the hundreds of thousands of very successful podcasts all over the charts on Spotify, on Apple, on YouTube. Like You can see what the recipe is to create a successful podcast. It's not hard. It's literally right in front of all of our faces. You could do it. You could replicate it if you wanted to. But I encourage you not to do that. Like I encourage you to create the show that you want to see. Otherwise, you wouldn't feel the desire to create it in the first place. Just because a video podcast is the new normal and clips that you then put on social media are the new normal and talking about hot topics that are popular are the new normal doesn't mean that you can't create your own category of podcasting, like bringing published biology studies to the average person to optimize their life. Like, hello, Andrew Huberman. Like that was a new concept and it's wildly popular because of it. For me, when I think about how to make a successful podcast, I try to think, how can I not make it look like the other shows that are charting? Like, Yes, if I wanted the show to be the biggest wellness podcast in the world, I I know what I would have to do to do it. I would know that I would need guests and I would need to build a fancy studio and I would need to put out a little bit more money and hire the production and like I know, I know what I need to do to do that. But I don't want that. I don't want to be another wellness podcast that just gets caught up in the mix of everything that brings on guests and everyone's an expert and everyone says the same thing and it's all regurgitated information from this other podcast. And like, I don't want that, but I could, like I could do that if that's what I wanted to, but 
I'm trying to make it different and I'm trying to be unique. How can I teach a yoga class so it's not like the other classes that I've taken? Otherwise, why would I even be a teacher at all when I can just remain a very happy and content student? Like, I don't need to regurgitate the classes that I take. Otherwise, I can just bring all of my clients to the class with me and I could do it alongside them. Like, I don't need to be the one leading them. I like to ask myself, like, how can I make a living? I'd say that I do it rather unconventionally. And I I really love that. Like when someone asks me, what do you do for a living? I kind of don't have an answer for them. I, it's kind of like, well, what do I want to say today? Do I want to say that I own spin studios? Do I want to say that I have a podcast? Do I want to say that I work for myself? Do I want to like, what do I want to say today? And I kind of really like that. I like unconventionally making a living for myself that when people say, you know, what do you do for a living? I don't have a pigeonhole answer that makes me feel like I can't grow and that I'm not, you know, I'm not pigeonholing myself and I'm, I'm not limiting myself and I'm keeping all of my options open. Like the, the words that we say cast a spell and what we say, we say out to the universe. And when someone says, oh, what do you do? And I, you know, let's say one day I'm, I'm a lawyer. I could say, oh, I'm a lawyer. That's that's all that I'm putting out there for the universe. But when I say, oh, I'm self-employed, that opens up a can of worms. Like, well, what does that mean? What what can that become? You, you see what I mean? No hate to lawyers. You're amazing. And I, I love my lawyer. <laughs> anyway, what I'm getting at and the last page of the book, or I guess I should say the chapter, you have nothing to lose. Why not try something new and break the rules of something that you've always wanted to try, but just never have. Really, what do you have to lose? In fact, I want you to re reframe this and think about the fact that you actually have everything to gain. You can gain experience. You can gain perspective. You can gain self-respect. You can gain new ideas. You can gain creativity. Like you truly have nothing to lose when you are living in alignment with your ideas, living in alignment with yourself and living with integrity and living in the authenticity of your actions and pursuits of your daily life. Like that really is powerful. So I encourage you, bend the rules, break the rules, disrupt the industry, create your own industry. Like who do you want to be? What can you free yourself of? And what can you create? What can you create? That's where I'm going to leave you guys today. I want to thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Manifest with Tori DeSimone. Um, Also, if you guys are watching this on video, let me know what you guys think of my hair. I got the shark flex style and I don't know. Let me check my photo booth because I'm on my laptop, so I can't really say. Yeah, I think it looks fine. I don't know what I was expecting. Like, I guess this really is like a blowout look. I guess I just have to relearn what a blowout is because I, I'm really not sure what a blowout is. Does it look like this? Does it not? I don't know. Um, it definitely, yeah, I made a whole TikTok about it and it's up on my TikTok if you guys want to watch, but I think I like it. Let me know what you guys think. I want to thank you guys so much for listening to the show. Have a wonderful rest of your week. Happy Manifest Monday. I love you guys and I'll talk to you all next week. Bye guys.